<clears throat> All right. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the third intermission podcast. It's your boy Avery here sitting in the host chair tonight, filling in for a trusty leader, Dave Barnett. Tonight's show, I am joined by Marsha and Jason on this week's episode. Marsha, what's going on? How are you doing tonight? Alive, well, not so happy with the results of the game that just transpired tonight <laughs> with the Leafs <laughs> in Chicago, but we move. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. Jason, how are you doing tonight? What's going on? Oh, man. I'm in good spirits, good vibes. I hope everybody's in good spirits and good vibes on the outside. I hope everybody's drinking water and I'm ready to chop it up, man, with you guys, man. It's been a minute. No, of course, of course, of course. I'm doing a mission. Well, I think there's a, um, you know, um, a birdie told me there was a trade that happened just now, you know, well, a couple of days ago. Someone told me that a very important trade happened involving the Maple Leafs, involving the Minnesota Wild, and involving the St. Louis Blues, you know, so I, so I've been told, so I've been told over the last couple of days here, <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubis made a big splash acquiring Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Chari from St. Louis. St. Louis received Mikhail Evermoff, Adam Gaudette, Toronto's first round pick in 2023, Ottawa's third round pick in 2023, Toronto's second round pick in 2024, and Minnesota receives Toronto's fourth round pick in 2025, I believe I'm correct. Minnesota also will retain salary on a rally 50%. So, my Leafs people, how do you feel about the deal to get Noel Cherry and Ryan O'Reilly in Leafs colors, in blue and white? Marsha, you attack it first, and then I'm just going to come in and, and, okay. and finish everything after you. you done your talking, really. I mean, it's paid off already. They've both played two games. Ryan O'Reilly already has... Uh, when one point Nolachari just scored a goal tonight at the time of recording, so they're doing what they what they were put here to do. But in, in terms of the actual trade itself, why in the wee hours of the night, <laughs> Mister Kyle Davis does not want me to have a peaceful night's rest? <laughs> it's like you see. First, you see one thing, and you're like, "Oh, it seems like the Leafs are acquiring Ryan O'Reilly." And then you see no Lachari added to it, and then like the details are slowly, slowly, slowly being revealed, and you're like, "Wait, we got these two guys for like pennies, <laughs> pennies, if that at all." Um, so it's it's really really awesome to see that come in. I'm very excited to see how they will mesh with the team because it's already looking so great. And it, and like I said, it's only been two games. Yeah, it's very true. Jason, what are your thoughts on the deal? How everything's gone down so far? Um, that was a Dubas masterclass. And I, you know what? First and foremost, I would like to address all the people that are complaining about this trade. You guys just need to chill out. Okay. Number one, we didn't give up Matthew Knives. We didn't give up any of the top prospects that Kyle Dubas drafted. Okay. Mm -hmm. We gave up Adam Gaudet, who was an AHLer, and we also gave up Abramov, who is an AHLer but has NHL potential. We we didn't give up much. We got Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly is a Selkie winner, a Conn Smythe winner, and is the guy that's responsible for making Brad Marchand cry. <laughs> <laughs> that's who Ryan O'Reilly is. They call this guy the Factor. That's his nickname, the Factor. Ryan O'Reilly was very instrumental in winning that cup in St. Louis. 
mind you, they had a lot of Canadians on that team. And I love seeing that in hockey. But I mean, Ryan O'Reilly was the guy in that series that scored big goal after big goal and made big play after big play and, and was smart with the puck. The Leafs got the guy that they need to play with Tavares and Marner on the second line. There's nothing to complain about. Draft picks are like when you go to, when you, when you buy a Lotto Max ticket. You buy, it, you buy the Uncore sometimes, right? You buy the Uncore thinking that you might win. That's what a draft pick is. Sometimes you might win. Not every draft you're going to get a player that is NHL ready with your draft pick. You just got to be lucky. Granted, there are guys like Braden Point and other guys that got drafted late in the draft, but were able to actually make an impact in the game. And actually, some of those guys won cups and stuff, right? But that was just luck. That was just luck. Those picks are not going to mean anything with the existing prospects that Kyle Dubas has. So at the end of the day, Toronto, there's nothing that you guys should be upset about. The next piece that Dubas was able to fleece was Noel Achari. We always complain. All I see on Twitter, all I see on the internet, oh, the bottom six, the bottom six. Dubas went ahead and got someone who will be effective and efficient in the bottom six. Someone who will help the production in the bottom six. Like Marsha mentioned, he scored. Achari scored today. Achari got a goal today. Achari got a goal today because of his hard work and the way he plays. And this is what Toronto needs. This will be a boost. And I'm, I'm happy with this trade. This was the best fleece. Next to the trade with Calgary and Florida, I think this was a fleece. This was a super fleece to get <laughs> O'Reilly and Achari and a prospect. I didn't even talk about Josh Pilar, the prospect. Mm -hmm. This guy is a potential NHLer. He just needs a little bit of time in the AHL right now. And uh, not the AHL, sorry, where he's at in Saskatoon right now. And then he has to go through the Marley system. And he'll, he, he has the potential. He's a gem that might be that might be an impact player. But who cares? We got him for a fourth-round pick in 2025. You guys really still complaining? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Dubas is one defenseman away. One solid Chris Pronger, Scott Stevens type, someone that Niedermeyer type defenseman away from serious business, like serious business. If it was any forward that the Leafs could have got, and I'm going to be honest with you, if it was any forward the Leafs could have got, if it was Meyer, they got Timo Meyer, I, I would have been happy. I would have been excited, but that's only one Timu Meyer. Mm -hmm. We got the factor, Ryan O'Reilly, the factor. You know you're good if you're going out there calling yourself the factor. Hey, guys, I'm the factor. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> you're definitely on one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're oozing machismo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for real. And Noel Achari, this guy, he's going to compliment that bottom, that bottom six so well. I see guys, oh, we need another forward. Add Patty Kane, add Max Domi. No. Whatever Duba, whatever assets Kyle Dubas is going to use, use them to get a top four defenseman that could play big minutes with Morgan Riley. Please do that. Do that. Sorry, Avery. Sorry. So, you know me. I'm passionate, guys. I'm sorry, but yeah. I apologize. There, 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 no, nobody, nobody should be mad about this trade here. This trade was the trade. Yo, Kyle Dubas basically saved his backside here. He saved his backside. He saved his backside here with this trade. But he's not done yet. He still has a little bit of time to make another move. 
and see what's going on in the market as far as what other what what other teams are going to do because best believe these guys are going to make some moves guys like um tampa guys like boston um guys like that florida carolina you know what i'm saying so yeah great trade happy for the city i'm going to the game on the 24th that's where i will purchase my ryan o'reilly jersey and it's crazy because I was watching a commentary with um, Joe Bowen, the guy that does the Leafs game, and he's like, what, O'Reilly's first ship. He was like, Riley, to O'Reilly, back to <laughs> Riley. Like, <what? laughs> oh, my goodness. This is a great time to be in Toronto if you're a Leaf fan. Believe me, guys. I think they're on the verge of something special. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I didn't feel this way last year. I didn't feel this way last year because I knew something was missing. But I, I didn't feel this way that I feel now this year. So I hope everybody on the outside is feeling the same. All the all the baby boomers, just relax and chill. Don't worry. We're going to get a cup, man. One defenseman away. Well, <laughs> that certainly was all the passion that Jason could exude into one take here on the podcast. Probably the most passionate he's been in a very long time here on a third intermission. You know what? Uh, this is a right now. This is a team that's wrong team that's showing that they want to go for it. They want to be all in. And Ryan O'Reilly, you mentioned it there. This is a guy who who won a Conn Smythe, who who's won uh, player awards, who's been a key cog before for the uh, St. Louis Blues, Buffalo Sabres when you're younger, um, Colorado. This is a kind of veteran guy who can give you offense when needed and knows how to win in, in the postseason. So that was a very strong move. And Molchari as well has been a uh, wonderful uh, additional piece for Blues as well. So seeing Dubis go with all these big moves, that shows that, yeah, Dubis realized, you know what, my window to do something, my window to win is not unlimited. I got to make a move right now, especially with the past few seasons of not being out of the first round. So it's aggressive move by Kyle Dubis. And, you know, hopefully it pays off for him to his team past first round for the first time since 2004. Mm-hmm. And Avery, not only that, but he's he's what what I love about this trade the most is that he's showing us the guys that go to the games that spend money that like yo listen I feel your pain I want to get out of the first round. this move shows me that he wants to get out of the first round you know what I mean he's trying he's trying to win he's really really trying to win he's trying to he's showing us as fans that care about this team that went through the Boston series that went through the Washington series that went through the Columbus series, that went through the Tampa and Montreal series. He's trying to show us, and the series before that, he's trying to show us right now at this time that he's trying to win, and he's doing everything within his power to show us that, and I don't think he's finished yet. Boys, put on the seatbelt, strap up. It's going to be a ride. It's definitely going to be a ride, and I'm ready. And, and you mentioned that, Jason. You mentioned that also to your pre-show notes. You mentioned that you don't think um, Dubas is done. I asked a question about the, to both you, Jason and Marsha. Who do you both think um, Dubas still tries to build? Who do you, who do you think he's still target for Leafs right now before the March 3rd trade deadline? So you, Jason. Listen, the only se- the only trade that I, I feel makes the most sense right now, and I'm, I'm probably going to get crushed if certain people hear this. I don't care at the end of the day. But me, I, I, I'm, I have a window and I want to win now. I will put on my big boy pants and socks. I, my first instinct would be to get a guy like Jacob Chikrin who could bolster the back end and take the pressure off of Morgan Riley. All right. I know by trading for Jacob Trickrin, I'm going to have to give up Sandine and Nice and plus. When I mean plus, I know like another prospect, another pick, whatever. 
I'm going to have to give up a lot. Fine, whatever. I'm willing to do that. If it's not Jacob Chicken, Jake McCabe is a guy that could that could make a great impact on this team. If it's not Jake McCraig, a Jake McCabe, a guy like Connor Murphy, maybe Scott Mayfield, somebody big and rugged that could play with Riley and take that pressure off him. But I don't think Dubis is done. I think it's a defensive target. You do not need to touch anything on on your forward group. Your forward group is fine. You don't touch the second line. You leave that. That O'Reilly, Marner, and Tavares is a Team Canada third line in the Olympics. Yes or no? Ooh, that's that. It's possible. That's possible. That's a possible shutdown line in the Olympics. It's possible right now. Right now, if the Olympics were tomorrow, if, I would have those three guys playing together on a line. If Honestly, they let them go, and just let them go, that would be that. That's. That when that guys, you guys gotta believe me here. When that line starts to cook and O'Reilly scores his first goal as a leaf, and I think he's had like over 12, 13 high danger chances. I I mean like chances in the slot, like where he he should be scoring and stuff. He's had a bunch of high danger. Once he scores that first goal, it's going to be a floodgate of goals from that second line. That second line is gonna be magical. We've missed a line like that. We've never had a line like that. And this line here is going to be our key. So I don't think it's a forward, Avery. I think it's a defenseman to answer your question. Sorry for going off topic. I'm, I'm just, my, my, my mind and my heart's all over the place right now. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, Marsha, who do you think, um, if Kyle is, isn't done yet, who do you think Kyle is still might try to acquire before the March deadline? I, I'm agreeing with uh, Jason. I really think Chikrin is a big big hit i know on uh 32 thoughts elliot friedman was like oh, i think toronto has officially said they're past past him they're gonna move on or whatever i don't believe that not for one second i think through this o'reilly achari trade you see that kyle dubas is a sorcerer he's a magician <laughs> of many sorts so you try to throw people off, you know, but he'll he could get something done. Um, I'm wondering if I know everyone has like eyes on on a uh, Carlson, but another person who's been doing really well for the Sharks is Jacob Middleton. Um, he's like he's pending UFA, his contract's super low, so I wonder if they go for someone kind of like that i think he's like second pairing defenseman for the sharks right now i off the top of my head i'm not remembering 100 percent, but someone who might be a little cheaper but still get the job done um i think those those are the two that i have my eyes set on right now something will happen i like i like that marcia and i like how you're thinking because that's scott stevens Chris Pronger, Niedermeyer type defenseman is like a Jacob Middleton. Jacob Middleton is not as good, but he plays that type of style. That is the type of style that Muzzin played Mm -hmm. well. And that's what they need to replace going in against the heavy physical Tampa team. Yeah. The key, the key last year was sorry to cut you, Marshall. The key last year was we didn't have a guy like Nick Paul. Okay. Nick Paul went for dirt cheap from Ottawa to Tampa. We didn't have a guy like that a shutdown guy that could play against other teams, top players, so on. And so we didn't have a guy like that. Now we do have that in O'Reilly, right? So if we get a Middleton, someone like that, who can play that Muslim type style, yes, we'll be all right. Sorry to cut you off. I apologize. No, but yeah, you you basically finish it off there. Like 
he'll move the puck for you, he'll he'll hold down the fort. He's very like more calculated in his movements than like doing willy-nilly things here and there. He's a little bit of grit that all the boomers keep complaining about. So like maybe that'll get them to to hold it down and 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 believe in in what what Cal Dubis is cooking. Uh, but you know it'll be it'll be it'll be fun to see what what Kyle Dubis does um before the the March of the trade deadline and going from Kyle going from Kyle Dubis to a story that that was a part of the hockey world this past week one that involves someone who well since retiring as an official he's been in the news for quite a few things it's Tim Peel who now does work as an analyst at Daily Faceoff and on Twitter. He's known to say a lot of ridiculous things, be it from comments um, towards uh, when Alvin Kaiju got hurt, comments talking about karma, and other other comments on Twitter that have been just ridiculous. And in the past week or so, he is now in an issue in, in St. Louis where he lives and where his kid plays on a youth hockey team that is coached by a couple of former NHL players, Matt, La- Matt Lashoff and Jamal Mayers. There was an incident in which uh, Mayors and Lashoff were ejected, and Peel was unhappy with um, the coach being ejected over a call he thought was not right. And according to the Athletic, Sean Gentili, who had a great article, had a great piece that recapped everything what happened, uh, Tim Peel went down to the officials' room to break the young referees, who were 15 and officials, sorry, 15, 17 and 15 years old. And Tim Peel doesn't, Tim Peel doesn't coach his team. Tim Peel is there as a parent. Um, Tim, Tim Peel has a, has a child who played on his team. And Tim Peel has no authority to go down to the referee's room, ask if there's anything really. He was just there to watch his kid. And Tim Peel went down, walked into the referee's room, and according to the, the official, the other officials, berated them and threatened their jobs and said, you know who the F I am. You sit down and respect. I have a couple of questions. Ask them about um, the game, telling them he's gonna make sure they don't, don't officiate the game again. And apparently, he calmed, the kid said he calmed down a little bit, but there was a report that was filed, and um, Peel was suspended from coaching minor hockey for 30 days, even though he's not a coach. I was suspended for entering a freeze room for two years, even though he's not an official, um, a, USA, a USA official in amateur hockey. And I just think about this story. It's like, man, first off. First off, who the hell are you that I think you have any authority over these kids? You are not a part of the he was a coach. You are not a you are not their boss. You don't know these kids from Adam. Uh, Shut the uh, hell up. Check uh, me on the door. Who do you think you do you know who I am? Matt, don't be don't even start cussing, you know. What a arrogant, what an arrogant loser of a human being. Mm-hmm. Seriously. You have Mind your business. This is why kids, this is why we are losing officials in minor hockey. This is mm-hmm. why we are losing officials record numbers. Because of mm-hmm. bull crap like this are people who think that they are holier than thou, who think they can come in and impose what? What do you what do you gain, Tim Peel? Come in and intimidate teenagers. Big man. Big man coming in, young and fit and children, walking to their room you don't belong in. What a what a moron! I'm sorry. This guy's a this guy's a dunce. This guy's and you come and now his lawyers, his lawyers, you know, is inaccurate. Tim would never berate or chastise any chastise anybody. 
your Twitter prove mm. otherwise. Your tweets show otherwise. And I yeah. don't know why these kids would. I don't know why these kids would lie. These advocates, these teenagers have no reason to lie about your conduct. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, it is such an awful look. It's a scumbag move on his part. So I'll ask you, Josh, um, Marshall, what are your thoughts on Tim Peel? <laughs> I like a big loser. Sad excuse of a human. And not that we wouldn't have known this from his prior conduct, but the fact that you are yelling at children who you have no business yelling about. Like, even if you take it from the angle of, oh, I'm an angry parent and this call should have gone my child's way and you shouldn't have done this, blah, 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 whatever. You have the responsibility as a parent of a child in minor hockey, especially with your prior experience of being an NHL official, even though you weren't that great, with your prior experience to say, I'm going to set an example for all of the parents here, for all of the spectators here, of how you should react when something like this happens. If you, like, if he was really a genuine, kind, caring person, which clearly he's not, sure, you ask, you ask consent to take a trip down to this official's room and approach them, hey, as a former official, I think this is how I might have handled this call but you're gonna go down there and berate them and their character and everything that they've done on the ice how does that make any sense sad 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 excuse of a human who should not be allowed in any of these spaces ever again not at all not at all you guys are both right for giving it to him because at the end of the day like there was no there there, there was no need for that at the end of the day like you're you're your your ex professional okay ex i mean like you're done you're not a professional mm-hmm. anymore people know you this is not the way you conduct yourself in a in a manner in public you don't behave that way man you know what i'm saying but at the end of the day it's an entitlement that certain people have avery said it best the way avery was spanking him with his belt was the best real thing like who does he really think he is at the end of the day? You know, like when we were little youths and we used to get lashed, we used to get lashed. Why? 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 You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, yes, he needs a lash like that. You can't behave like that, man. And then talk about who am I? Do you know who, who I am? are you? Clearly who not. You? Who are you, bro? Yes, we know who you are. You're a ref that used to cheat and probably bet on games in the NHL. That's who you are, bro. We know you. We know you. Like. The Kadri tweet, the tweet was out of line too, bro. Avery brought that up. Karma, karma. A man get injured like that, and that's what you want to go put on big, big Twitter. Karma, bro. Now you want to talk about karma, bro? Come on, man. Get out of here, bro. I hope, oh. I hope he gets punished by the law, bro, for that. Because I don't believe these kids are lying at the end of the day. Why would these kids lie? Why would the kids lie about that? something happening like that it's not like he has a great reputation to upkeep that like them saying something like this would have tarnished his co- he tarnished his career himself basically so it's, it's just a track record yep yeah yeah yep. and you know and i'll, and I'll, I'll slap i'll slap an allegedly on that betting thing <laughs> 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 You just said it all one time. Man, <laughs> man said allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> Yo, it's 
was like, yes, yo, but... that um, yo, that was the opinion, those are the thoughts of Jason. But it's like, yo, you're you're right though, Jason. Like, yo, his his uh, you're right, Jason Marshall. Like his his um his perception, like how people saw him beforehand, wasn't that great. Like people didn't like the man. He didn't have a certain reputation. And you know, yo, I'm listening to myself. The nerve to go to other people's children like that mm-hmm. and do stuff like, yo, I know, I know, Jason, you're a parent. You know, um, Troy's a parent. Like we have people on this podcast. Darren's a parent. We have other people on this podcast who have children. And I know out of this group, if you, if your children were fishing in hockey games and you saw Tim Peeler up on your children like that and start yelling at them, woo! I know that would not go over well at all. Like... Listen, me, I'll probably end up taking a charge. So I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. If that was my youth, I probably I would want to fight, bro. I'm fighting, bro. Like what you're talking to my youth like that? Who are yo, who are you, bro? Like, like talk to I'm someone cool. your own age. Yeah, talk yeah. to people your own age like that. Not not my kid. Not my kid, bro. Definitely not my kid. Not my kid, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably take a charge, bro. I'm not even lying to you guys. I'd probably take a charge. I would probably take a charge. Like, like I would I would uh, definitely take a charge. Tim Peel needs um like anger management and emotional regulation classes. Yeah. And, and like communication on top of that, I think. Because <laughs> clearly it's not going so well for him. No, it's like this is either a modern kid, either a 10-year-old hockey game, you're doing that, and you're going for running on you're running up on high school students like that? Oh my god. Like, dude, what is the matter with you? Like mm-hmm. I, I just really I wanna I wanna know the thought process. Like you're sitting you're sitting in the stands, this thing happens and your blood boils so much that you've you've like you have venom running through your system and you're like, I need to get this out, I need to get this, I need to yell at them, I need to they did so bad, like I need to they they, they need to know like what? <laughs> you at your grown age watching ten year olds play hockey and and teenagers, children, mm, officiating the game. Look that means nothing. Mm. Oh my! Like it's like he should be he should be embarrassed by this. As a yeah. grown man, Tim Peel in his fifties, you should be embarrassed for his conduct right now. You, you should you should. Yeah. And then he's only on the defensive. Oh no! I wouldn't. You know, did Laura? Hold on. Well, you never. You never. You never do that. You never do that. It's you like would never dude. say anything that isn't encouraging. Why would I chance that? Like, no. Tell his lawyers to. Shh. No. There's nothing you can do to save him from his own terror. Okay. People can go. People can go on. You know, on Twitter.com, search up Tim C Peel twenty, and see the BS this man tweets on a daily basis. Um, yeah, he, he, Tim Peel, bro. Tim Peel, bro. Like, oh my gosh, I just want to put that out there because yo, he deserves, he deserves, he deserves a one good, a one good talk from all of us, yo. <laughs> yo, yo, this is this is the this is the show where I'm, this is the show where yo, it's it, it, it's it's really too bad we have Dave tonight because yo, I'm I'm to heard a Dave rant on Tim Peel. Uh-huh. No, but this rant is warranted for this type of behavior, bro. This 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 rant is 125 million percent warranted for this type of behavior right here right now, and nobody yeah, no, can it, tell me that it's not. Of course, it's, yeah, no, you're right, Jason. It's totally warranted. It's 100 percent warranted here because this guy has a responsibility. Even though you officiated in the NHL, 
you have to conduct yourself properly in 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 a professional manner. You know what I'm saying? You can't just oh, I'm just going to behave however I want to behave and yell at kids. Like, are you kidding me, bro? Not just a random guy. Right? Yeah. And like, yo, you got to be kidding me, man. Like, that's the one thing I hate in sports are people who were in a place of power, be it an official, a player, a coach, a media member, executive, who, does, who comes to these places and talks down to people and talks down to other people. Like, who the hell are you? Like, you know what? Oh, big, you worked in hockey, you worked in this. Who? I don't give, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I do not care about what you used to do. You are not, you You know, you're a human like anybody else. You show me the respect. You show my kids respect. You show my colleagues respect. Or get the hell out. Yeah, facts. Facts. Respect is a two-way street, bro. And at the end of the day, clearly Tim Peel feels like he's entitled, bro. He has a sense of entitlement or something. You know what I mean? And it's totally wrong, bro, because you can't deal with children like that. How do you expect children to want to come and play the game and stuff like that and, and want to be around the game when they go through an experience like this? So this guy's not even looking at the psychological damage that that could have potentially caused upon them to call children then. No. Trauma and all these things. We have an obligation as adults to try and protect the children then, no? Mm -hmm. we, have that, we have that obligation in this world to protect the little children then, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes, something happened that you don't agree with and it happened, but there is a way to handle that. And by yelling at children and, and kicking down locker room door and all these yeah. things and all these things is not the way to do it, man. Real thing. Yeah, like, and, and it's funny, because parents, parents ruin a lot of things. Like we, like I said on top of this debate here, there's mm -hmm. been an issue for a very long time where parents, who rage out and attack and, you know, attack officials, attack other parents. They're like, yo, you are not the story. You are not the one. You are not here to live vicariously through your kid. If you cannot just support your kid as a good parent, you know, shouldn't do good things, you know, be polite. If you can't conduct yourself as a proper human being, then you don't deserve to be in the rink, the court, the mm -hmm. diamond. You don't deserve, go wait in the car. Go wait at home. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, your kid is deserve this embarrassment. I'd be embarrassed if my dad or anybody else. I know. See, here's the thing. I know. I know my parents would do such nonsense. And my parents have. My parents are very smart Standards, people who do such nonsense. Morals. But it's like, yo, you, you, nothing about you. You're embarrassing your youth right there, acting like a, acting like a freaking donkey out here. Saying, who, who am I? Who am I? Don't you know who I am? Yo, go wash your backside for once. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is giving me war flashbacks to when i when i operated the rides at the kids park at wonderland and like you'd say something like the child is too tall to go on this ride and the parents are like what do you mean this why are you discriminating against my child blah 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 meanwhile the 12 year old is looking at you with the i'm so sorry face I apologize for my parents. They have to wear the big kid pants because their parents can't control themselves. It's like, you're embarrassing yourself in public on behalf of your child. How do you think your child is feeling right now? Exactly. Right? But they're not, they're not thinking about that, Marsh. No. Marsh, they're, not, they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about themselves. You know what I mean? They're not thinking about the you. They're not thinking about the kid. No. The moment. You know what I'm saying? They're thinking about themselves, man. Wicked them wicked, man. And you, and you know what's funny? There was a tweet from, from Sam Chang for the broadcast and, and um, Zone Time. Mm -hmm. I laughed out loud because Sam talked about this and Sam 
putting all and sweet what you know, I love Sam sweet here and and Sam it was funny it's funny basically you see you know it's funny to think anybody would ever care about Tim Peel. She said, I was a referee in the fourth, possibly fifth most popular sport in North America. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> like, yo, you think yo, I know we're a hockey show, but yo, the average American don't give no damn about no NHL referee. Oh. <laughs> like the only reason people know your name is because you've been so problematic. Yeah. It's not even a good reason why we know his name. It's because of the <laughs> it's because of the foolishness in Depan. Yeah. <laughs> Referee said it before. If you are known, if you are in the news, officials do not want to be known. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, if your name is out there, it's because you screwed up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Oh my gosh, yo! Anyway, we we wasted enough time on this on this on this waste man, you know. <laughs> no, no, we wasted enough air time talking about this 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 clown. Anyways, well, we'll talk about things that we'll, we'll, you know we'll move on from him. To people that matter in the sports. How about that? Like Jacob yeah, Chikrin. That. <laughs> Jacob <And>, Chikrin. <laughs> so it's a, it's a big topic in the hockey room now. A lot of guys who are. Subject to being traded are being sad, like Jacob Chikrin, Vladislav Gavrikov, and trades aren't really eminent. And you know, I applaud, I think many people applaud transparency that Coyotes for openly saying we're sitting him because we're going to trade him. But like many people, we assume that okay, he's being scratched due to a trade, trade's going to come within a day or two. Same for Gavrikov, same for other players who are being scratched due to impending trades. But these guys are not being traded right now. And I get, you know, you want to protect your assets, it's important, but when a trade is not imminent and guys are sitting possibly three, four, five, six, seven games, to me, that's a little bit weird, especially, say, for example, players chasing a milestone for a bonus. It's like, it's an odd situation to see guys being sat and trades are not even close to being reached yet. There's no news coming down it's still pretty quiet marshall your thoughts on these guys being sat for for trade purposes when a trade might not be coming within a couple of weeks it's kind of painful really like i feel for these dudes because as you mentioned like there could be performance bonuses and all this stuff but also when you're sitting for four five six seven games as a player I can imagine the only thing they're thinking is, damn, I really just want to be playing this game right now. At this point of sitting so many games, I don't care who it's with. I don't care what you're trying to protect. I just want to play the game that I love. And they can't even do that because, like, I get it. You know what? Protecting your assets is super, super important, but there has to be some sort of timeline structure. You can't be in the initial stages of a conversation. Let's say Boston's calling up Arizona. I think I might want Jacob Chikrin immediately after that phone call scratched for like five games while they're trying to work something out. Work out what you need to work out. Sure, you like play him, but maybe be mindful of how and when you're playing him. Don't play him to his max potential of what you normally would. And, and manage it that way. And when you know you're about to put pen to paper and solidify this deal, 
the night before, oh, you have a game the next day, okay, then you'll scratch it. Because then you see the opposing thing of, like, the Leafs trade that just happened. St. Louis just, like, there was no scratching, there was no nothing. The morning of, they flew to Toronto and they played in the game the same night. Like, I get it, they're a little bit older, they they have more stature, but there's so many different ways that you can navigate these situations without being a detriment to the player itself. As like, come on, let's not just waste anyone's time here. Let's make sure we're doing this right. Thanks for tuning in to the Third Intermission Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Betstamp. Wouldn't it be awesome to have an app that offers odds from various sportsbooks all in one convenient location so you can bet like a pro? That's exactly what Betstamp is for. Use it to locate bets, set up your accounts, and keep tabs on your progress. You always get the best value when you're betting with Betstamp. Download the app using the code THIRD as your referral to let them know we sent you. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on the on the, on the you know, never-ending scratching these guys for a trend that's not happening in the next day or two? <laughs> I mean, I get why it's happening, you know what I'm saying? Like, And I understand both sides. Like, for a team that could potentially, let's say, be in a race for a spot in the postseason is scratching a guy that could potentially be helping them in that race, you know what I'm saying? And that's detrimental to the team at the end of the day, right? But then you got to look at the GM side of it. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, I want to make sure I am protecting my assets so I can get the best possible return for that piece. Does it suck? Yes. I don't agree with it. I'm with you guys. If somebody's supposed to get traded, then you trade that person. Don't keep scratching, scratching, scratching. Like, this is not good, man. You know what I mean? And Arizona, in their defense, they're they're playing some good hockey of late, right? They could use Chikrin to, to, to bolster their back end. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with, with uh, the defensemen in Columbus, right? So it's just a lot of things that I understand about the situation that makes it so complex. Like, I understand it from both sides, right? But um, I, I, I think that the scratching thing shouldn't be happening at all. Like, I, I don't think it's good. It's not good for business. It's not good. I, the idea is to generate revenue, right? You have a guy that a lot of people come to the arena to watch play, right? So, like, that guy's in the press box. So, like, you know what I mean? People are not going to want to come to a game if such and such is not in the lineup when they want to go see such and such in the lineup. You know what I'm saying? So, I think that something should be done on both sides to just, like, make the trade process a little bit easier where players are not constantly getting scratched and scratched and scratched. You know what I mean? That's my position on it. Yeah, no, I I totally understand. Like, I I think in the next, I think in the in the next CBA, next talk around CBA talks, I think there's probably going to be an adjustment in terms of how long, how many games in a row you can scratch a player with impending trade. I think there's going to be something that the HLPA will want change in that because as a player, like Marshall said, you know, the player, you don't want to be sitting that many potential many games in a row, no, waiting on a trade. Like I I could see. I could see an adjustment in which to scratch a player for trade purposes, a trade has to be agreed upon or has to be completed within 48 hours. I could see maximum, I could see, I could see maximum two games healthy scratch for trade purposes. I could see that being an adjustment and it's time to renegotiate the CBA. I believe it's coming up, I believe in 2025, I think so. Mm-hmm. I could be a thing that's changed. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you on that, Avery. They need to, to 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 rectify that shit, bro. 
100% and fix it, put it in the CBA, uh, or sorry, the, the bargaining agreement and, and fix it, like fix it properly. Cause like, now just imagine a player now, right? And you're getting cold now because you're, you've been in the press box for so long. You know what I'm saying? Like certain things like that, those little things, man, they can affect the player too, right? So like, yeah, something needs to be done about that. Hopefully they fix it, Avery. Hopefully, hopefully for the greater good, hopefully they fix it. No, hopefully. I, I, I could not I could not agree more. And going to more more fun topics, of course, we'll talk about in February, Black History Month, you know, and a few a few teams. A few teams got into the spirit of really diving in to try to honor um the black community in hockey, black alumni, black um people who are in their in their markets. And I've been seeing a lot of teams that have put an effort in. I've really enjoyed seeing what the Seattle Kraken have done. They had a really cool Black History Month jersey. They've done stuff with, um, of course, JT Brown, Eric Fitzhugh, and the co-owner, Marshawn Lynch. They've been very heavily involved, and multiple teams have done stuff when it comes to Black History Month jerseys. So I just want to ask both of you, what have been your favorite elements of Black History Month that NHL teams have, have stepped up in? It could be, you know, involving um, creative, it could be involved in involving people in the community. It could be, it could be just cool juries. Like, what have, who have been your favorite teams in terms of stepping to the plate and really trying to get involved in Black History Month? I think, honestly, more effort. Like, the fact that I'm seeing more effort across the league is is promising. Um, when you see teams like Dallas with with the Black History Month warm up jerseys and and like making genuine efforts with with black artists who are from the area to to really develop something of meaning that isn't just a a branded T shirt with the with the team's logo saying Black History Month. Um, and then calling it a day or saying end racism and call it a day like that it's it's really it's it's heartwarming um and then seeing the the array of designs as well like because i think in the last few days it's been the sharks the penguins the kraken we've seen dallas and the leafs come out i'm like the month isn't over so i'm sure there will still be a few more that we haven't seen yet but I, I I like the the variations of, of art. No, of course I totally agree. They've also played uh Jason, who have you seen it? What what other teams, what other people have you been um, impressed by because of Black History Month in terms of the teams on the league stepping up to try and actually get involved this year for Black History Month celebration in the NHL? I think I, I seen I seen the Rangers do it too, man. I think Black Girls Hockey was, like, in a collaboration with the Rangers. I seen some from the Rangers. I thought that was a good look still. You know what I'm saying? I thought that was a good look on the Rangers' part. I seen it on Twitter. I, I didn't clip it or, like, screenshot it and put it in the chat like I normally do. I just seen it. I thought it was pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what Marshall was saying about the awareness, that's definitely a good thing. Like, the awareness is always a good thing. And I, I like it's heartwarming and it feels good. Notice, noticing that these guys now are starting to take notice in, in the diversity in the league. You know what I'm saying? And I think um, someone mentioned that there was also like a, a black brother defensive pairing as well in the NHL as well, right? So just little things like that is like heartwarming. You know what I'm saying? Around this time, right? 
So I just hope they continue to put more emphasis on it and spread more awareness on it. You know what I mean? And hopefully yeah. like they're, they're, they're more, they're more, we want them to focus on being on time with the messaging when certain events are happening as well. Right. Like, please be on time with that stuff. Like if you're trying to help spread awareness, you got to be on time with the messaging so that we're able to help spread more awareness with you. Right. Don't push us away. Like let us help you as well. Right. At MLSE. Do yeah. better. Yeah. Why am I finding out about the Black yeah, History Month celebrating Black Excellence game a week before it happens? Happens, yeah. We we we're not afraid for talk around here. Huh. We got for talk, and we know how to use it. Fix I'll give them a little little bit of credit because I found out about the Caribbean History Night for the Raptors maybe like two and a half weeks before the game's supposed to happen. So that's a little better. But like mm. the Leafs, what was yeah, it last man. year? I remember we were talking about this with Sebastian on a pod last year after it happened. Black Girl Hockey Club did not find out about the Leafs Black History Month stuff until days before it happened. Mm -hmm. Like, it's great that you're doing things and you're putting in the effort, but when the communication is so far behind, it feels like these things are last minute. When that's not necessarily the case or not necessarily the intention. And, and this isn't just a thing about Black History Month and, and culture promotion and stuff like this, too. MLSE has a, is a, has a terrible track record of anything they're doing. Pride Nights, Black History Month, any other kind of promotion game. No one knows when it's happening until it's happening. Which yeah, is sad. That last minute, yeah, that last minute thing. Yeah, that's not good, man. Me, just, just try to be on time. You know it's Black History Month. Make sure you have everything set and you get that messaging out to the masses when the month starts so that people can plan according to help the event like whether you want people to know about it or you want more awareness to be spread at least you're giving us time to like help do something that we want to help and involve ourselves in you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and as an aside since we all know leafs tickets cost an arm and a leg to the gracious white people who have season tickets and who have held them for a very, 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 very long time. <laughs> when you are reselling your tickets for the game on, on fr Thursday, Friday, the Friday, the Raptors is Thursday. When you are reselling your tickets for the game this coming Friday, please, I'm broke and I'm black. <laughs> Don't price gouge me because I'll come for you. My ancestors will come for you. I expect to be at that game. Thank you very we'll much. Find her forever. Wakanda <laughs> 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 forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man. Yo, that 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 was just jokes. Yo, that's <laughs> jokes. Oh my gosh. But yo, I I, I totally agree. Leaf team, like you mentioned the least, like other teams, like they gotta be like the awareness. Letting people know ahead of time. Letting people get ready. Inviting people like that is so big to show you know we want you to be a part of you know this we want you to be a part of changing hockey's culture and the future that's so big to let people know what's going on what's going down so i i totally agree and you're mentioning other teams who've done great work no i agree dallas's uh, black history month jersey is amazing yelly king's jersey was designed by one of their players akil thomas Ooh. designed their black history month jersey and that's great to see Akil is also a clothing brand. So Akil is someone whose fashion is not foreign to him at all. So it's really cool to see him 
um, be involved in designing the jersey. Other teams like and, Canadian, and you know Canadian Canadian teams at uh, in years past Canadian teams were among we're not we're not really um, it's funny because Canadian teams had a rich history of having black players, but for a long time Canadian teams weren't really stepping up and honoring history as they should have been. So um, last week the Oilers they brought back Sean Bell and Joaquin Gage and they had them around Rogers Place and he had a full night honoring them and honoring black alumni who came to the Oilers. So I thought that was a great thing the Oilers had like. Canadian teams, Canadian teams, step up. You've all had, you've all had black players. You've mm-hmm. all had black alumni. Yeah, yeah. So you should, I, I, you know, it's great to see our American teams doing it. Great to see American teams getting involved. But our Canadian franchises, you all have rich history having black players in your lineups. You should, you guys got to step, I mean, don't be wrong. Great to you guys, great to you all stepping up now. But I want to see more of that from our teams here in Canada as well as the American clubs. 100%. Hey, Avery, I just I just want to kind of take the time out to shout out the family of Paul Gerard. Yes. Um, yes, we gotta we gotta do that too, right? Um, we gotta shout him out and his family um, for all the contributions he made to the sport. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, but send condolences to his family members right now going through these times. You know, there's there's people out there that love you, and you know, just our condolences here from us. No, I, I totally agree, Jason. Yeah, those who um. If this may have passed, uh, it's something we don't know. Uh, Paul Gerard, longtime NHL assistant coach, uh, Minnesota North Star when he played in the 80s, assistant um, coach with the Flames, um, Colorado, Head, um, was a player assistant coach in the Calvary Wings, who was a coach in the NCAA for many years. He passed away after a private battle with cancer at age 57. And Paul Gerard was, for a long time, he was probably because when he was coaching with Colorado, Calgary, Dallas, and then and in the Vancouver system, he was the only black face on the bench in the NHL or in the AHL. And he was, by many people in the hockey world, a very, very well, well-liked man, a hard worker. And, you know, for years, I advocate for a long time that his name should have been a, someone that should have gotten a head coaching job in the NHL. We only have We've only ever had one black man as head coach in the NHL in 105 years. And he was someone who I thought should have been involved in the mixed BA coach, you know. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate when we lose one of our own. But, you know, Paul Gerard's impact in the game a lot be forgotten, as you know, of course, a player and who has a, pe- a pedigree in AA and as one of our one of our few one of the few black faces who was making waves as a coach behind the bench. So uh, like you said, Jason Wani, you know. Your condolences to, to the Gerard family. You know his legacy will will live on in the hockey world. Facts. That that was well said, brother. Well said. <clears throat> you know. Oh, before we wrap before we wrap things up, I do want to mention the fact that um, uh, Eric Carlson, still a San Jose <laughs> Shark, still a San Jose Shark. Was coming. And, I, was know, I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking, you know. If the Empty Rollers really want to get serious about, about a, a real push game Western Conference, this is your target. Not Luke Shen. Why would not, you? Oh. Like, he's the name of Toronto. I've heard Luke, Nate, Luke Shen. I've heard Luke Shen's name coming up as a. It's to not. Not anymore. <laughs> the, 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 Avery's right. Avery said the name Edmonton needs. Avery oh, said the name no. Edmonton needs. Edmonton needs Eric Carlson. You get Eric Carlson, he takes the pressure off Darnell Nurse. 
Then you have your puck moving defenseman. Not only that, mm -hmm. you restore the morale in the locker room because you're listening to Connor McDavid. And the Connor McDavid is like basically telling you we need a puck moving defenseman. So if we match up with Colorado, at least we can match up Carlson with Makar on the ice mm -hmm. as much. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only target. Luke Shen is not going to help Edmonton. Jake McCabe might maybe help Edmonton, but is not going to help Edmonton. Uh, Connor Murphy might might not help Edmonton. You know what I'm saying? Like, so Edmonton needs to be all over Carlson. Now the pro the issue, the issue with Carlson is the salary retention. Yeah. For one year, it's cool, right? You can involve a third team, but does San Jose want to eat half of that salary for however long is the question. You know what I'm saying? And you know, if you bring in Carlson, you got to move out a certain amount of money, which means certain guys are going to go. So do you want to mess with your forward group like that? Like Colin is Holland is going to have to be creative to make this happen. It can happen, but it would have to be, in, he would have to use a lot of the future in terms of draft picks mm -hmm. in order to make San Jose happy enough to retain salary for maybe a year or two or three because that would be the key to this deal i mean in the end the skill and the energy that he would bring to your locker room would be worth it you and gotta do it you you have to like especially now if you if you say you're a contender this is what you have to do to prove that to your fan base and to your team because there's, there's no other way around it. You're going to run your current players into the ground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're going to get injured. They're, they're, they're just going to be burnt out. They're going to be this. They're going to be that. Like, if you want to show your team that you care about them, this is someone you go after and, and you pull from the Kyle Dubas masterclass of sorcery and, and magic. Yes. And yes. you get it done. Like, yeah. any... Hello, Mr. Kenny yeah. Holland. Yeah. Do yeah. something. Yeah, he has he has to do it. This this trust me, they, they gotta take pressure off Darnell Nurse, man. He can only do so much. He can only do so much. He can only do so much. He playoffs is a different beast too, right? Because it's yeah. mostly your top four defensemen playing. So what are you gonna do? Throw Darnell Nurse out there for 37 minutes a game, man? <laughs> In a seven-game series? Like Come on, this is the time. You got to do it, Edmonton. You got to get Carlson. You got to, this is the guy you guys need to maybe get you past Colorado. This would give you a 50-50 chance to get past Colorado. 100%. I honestly mean that. Eric Carlson is the key. If Edmonton goes to the playoffs and has Eric Carlson, that would be the key to that Colorado series. Because mm -hmm. you know eventually they would meet. And that power play would be disgusting. Oh, yeah. Four oh. forwards and one defenseman. That's what I would run. If I was the coach, I four forwards, one defenseman, buddy. Carlson is the point. McDavid, Drysdale. Um, you probably want Hyman there as the net front presence and maybe Nugent Hawkins. You you overstuff power play one. <laughs> you mm -hmm. overstuff it. You overstuff it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. They need Carlson, Avery. If they don't get Carlson... I, if and you guys play Colorado, it's going to be the same result. Well, you know, Colorado. You know what? Colorado is a. Even though Edmonton and Tennessee they did lose Colorado, Colorado is a banged up team. It isn't this. I mean, it still could be a good team, but Colorado, you can see, you can see certain parts of that team aren't the same what it was last year. But no, Eric Carlson. This is the man, Eric Carlson, on pace with Norris. 
Eric Carlson is on piece of a uh, 100 point season as a defenseman. And you, mm-hmm. you have to find a way to make this money work. I mean, to be, be in a third team, be a party. You, you know, you, you, might, you might start with a couple of first round picks or a second or a top prospect. You might have to. You know what? I wouldn't want to, but if, if, if it does mean picks, uh, a couple of picks, a roster player, say Tyson Berry and say Xavier Borgo or Reed Schaefer, as you want, okay. Because Eric Carlson, right now, the window to win is right here. This is your, this year, this year and possibly next year, are your best chances to win a Stanley Cup. I know people are saying, you know, oh, what about the future? What about the future? What about the future? <laughs> Please. Edmonton had how many first round draft picks? <laughs> oh my God. First overall draft picks? Like, you can't play for playing. now. Yeah, you, you yeah. can't be playing and wait for 2026, 20, 20. Who cares about what that pick might be in 2027? Or who yeah. cares? Yeah, you, you pay that price come. now. Yeah, you'll deal with it. You, you'll deal with it when you get there. Right mm-hmm. now, you could win a cup in twenty twenty three. I don't give a flying, as Charles Barkley once said, I don't give a flying ff about <laughs> about a cup or about the future in twenty twenty eight. I really don't. You're you need to be focused right now on winning right now. Don't yeah. don't waste any more time. Don't waste any more time. Of Connor McDavid, of hey. Leon Dreisaitl, of Ryan Nugent Hopkins, of Darnell Nurse, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, listen, it's win now, man. It's win now. It's win now for Edmonton. Edmonton is in a win now. They have the the same type of window as the Leafs, basically, bro. It's like a win now thing, man. Mm-hmm. It's a win now thing for them. And and Carlson is the Carlson is Edmonton's O'Reilly trade, basically. If that makes sense. If what I'm saying right now makes sense, you see how the Leafs traded for O'Reilly and Achari? Edmonton needs to do that type of trade to get Carlson. Fit him under the cap for this season, at the very least, and take a shot at it after. You know what I mean? Once you add him, you just go. In the offseason, you worry about trying to fit pieces in the puzzle. But right now, the number one priority for, for Edmonton right now is to get Eric Carlson and acquire his services on the back end in Edmonton right now no ands ifs or buts that this is what they have to do they don't need no other forwards they don't need another goalie they don't need anything else if it's not eric carlson they don't need it like oh my gosh it is it is frustrating seeing how what what comes out rumors of you know talking about cold and then even and even just asking around my sources the idea of what's happening in which um um Things have gone quiet. Things have gone cold. The team looking at uh, looking at other possible options. Like it's a team that is it's giving unserious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is right now. It is. <laughs> Gotta laugh, man. Uh, oh. I think that's the best way that you really could have put it. Because what? There's no way. There's no way, reason, or any sort of Ken Ho- Ken Holland's phone should not be dry, should be constantly on the charger because of how many calls he's making to try to figure out what he's going to do to supplement his team. But it's silence, radio silence. Yeah, and this is not good. For the fan base, it's not good at all because the fan base is like, yo, what are you doing, bud? Like, come on, man. We have the greatest generational, one of the greatest generational talents in the NHL in Conor McDavid and and, and Leon Dreisaitl. 
They have Zach Hyman. They have pieces. It's not like they don't have pieces there, bro. They have pieces there. Do something, man. You got to do something, man. You cannot do... You can't make this deadline pass and say, yeah, I, I felt like... I'd, nah, you got to do something and you got to do it now, bro. This is the time, Holland. This is the time because you're not going to get another opportunity like this. And believe me, right now, the market for defensemen, like puck-moving defensemen right now, is, is very thin. I think Carlson is at the top of that list as far as puck moving defensemen on the trade, on the trade like board or whatever they have, like of defensemen that move the puck, Carlson would be the top guy. Edmonton needs to get the top moving puck the de- moving puck defensemen. That's what they need to do. They need to do that now. Yeah. Now. It, right yeah. now. Uh, Ken Holland's phone should be active like Joffrey Lupo in 2015 with a model. Allegedly. <laughs> Yo. Allegedly. Remember, allegedly. Hey, remember, hey, hey, Joff was dating, Joff dating celebrities. You remember you dating the girl from Dance with the Stars, um, Cheryl Hines. Mm-hmm. Yo, Joffrey in 2015 was dating celebrities. You, that, was on, that was on TMZ. That was on TMZ dating models and dating um, actresses, okay? So <laughs> that's this why I said guy. that. This guy. Allegedly. also wait isn't holland nearing the end of his contract soon Mm -hmm. he's he's lost his deal and runs out next year so wouldn't you want to do something to save your ass (laughs) (laughs) that that, that needs to be motivation within itself right like Like, gotta do something if i if i had if i if i was the gm of edmonton i i would definitely Make a play on Eric Carlson. That that would what? Hey, Mike Greer used to play for us. Hey, buddy, what what do what do you want for Eric Carlson? You want draft picks? I have an abundance of those. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, an abundance. <laughs> you know, I have an abundance of draft picks for you, man. You're rebuilding. All right, let's go. What, exactly. what what's Carlson's price? I I I would be doing everything within my power to get Carlson in in an Oilers jersey. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'd be doing. Free market man. bargain style. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. At least for this year. Mm-hmm. And you know you have other assets that you could trade to another team to eat another 25% and, and bring in Carlson for $2 million <laughs> type type deal that Dubas, that Dubas did. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, at the end of the day, like, he has to do something, Avery. If he doesn't do something, then he's not serious, bro. He's not a serious guy if he doesn't do anything. This is the time for him to do it, bro. No, and the I where he waits is, is the worst it's gonna be because somebody else is gonna put an offer in on Carlson. San Jose doesn't want to pay that salary anymore. They're trying to rebuild right now. You know what I'm saying? They have a nice little core over there. They're trying to rebuild, they're trying to get rid of certain contracts, right? So Edmonton, buddy, you guys gotta go fetch Carlson, man. You don't need another forward, you just need Eric Carlson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's it's what they it's what they need. So, anyways. Before we, before we adjourn, before we wrap things up, any last final thoughts from the both of you on this week's episode of your intermission podcast? Uh, Kyle, du- you guys don't worry. Kyle Dubas isn't done. There, there should be another trade coming. It should be for a defenseman. And then we're going to make a serious run. Right now, just watch the lines start to gel in terms of building chemistry. Keith might change the lines, but he shouldn't. I think they're fine the way they are, but I'm not the coach. Um, And yeah, Drink water and don't worry. Go Leafs, go. We got Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, God. 
the you said you said that I'm like drink water and mind my business. Queen <laughs> oh, <laughs> Patrice, we love her. Uh, no, Jason said it. Jason said it. There's not much else to add there. Let's just keep the energy going, keep the hype going, watch the team gel together, have faith, please. <laughs> That's it. That's it. No. Uh, all right. And with that, we will call a night for the third intermission podcast. Thank you once again for, like, for allowing us to grace the space in between your head top. For Jason, Marsha, I'm Avery. We are out of here. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Deuces. Peace. Peace.